from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. That live feed on MixLR you can also pick up by going to wakeupcalldt.com, where you can go for the show archive, as well as over 500 stories on the Right Now page, videos, and so much more. Quick links all throughout to get to different pieces of the website, such as our coverage of the American Athletic Conference, the Atlantic Coast Conference, to buy your tickets to the CNY Pop Festival, as well as Fantasy Football Syracuse basketball and Syracuse football and so much more. So make sure that you check it out, and we appreciate every single one of you that has found their way to wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop. Today we're going to do some pretty interesting things, something really cool. we got a little takeover that's going on. I've never done it before here on the show. We're doing it for the first time, and we're going to be involving Zach Bowden, who is – interning with my company and I want to put him on the air and get him a part of this show because you know he's a World Cup fan he played soccer he is wearing a jersey inside of my studio right now that I didn't kick him out for wearing so that's good so far (laughs) we're gonna do the morning menu get you into it let you know what's going on this morning here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. On the broadcast this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and MixLR.com backslash wake up call dt something fun for you that we've never done before And that being the World Cup Takeover, World Cup Wednesday, happening right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, World Cup Wednesday. Write it down, remember it, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, every Wednesday during the World Cup. The World Cup is taking over the broadcast from 9 to 10 a.m. And with that being said, Zach Bowden, who is interning with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, is going to be joining me to bring us through this World Cup. we got a little pre-game, little little uh, preview, so to speak, of what's coming on because our first official game of this year's World Cup, the 2018 World Cup, which is being held in Russia, we have... The first matchup on Thursday, June 14th. We're here on Wednesday, June 13th. And so we will bring you into the World Cup with a little preview, a little primer, 
And then every Wednesday after that, we're going to be discussing what's going on. What were the crazy matchups, the finishes? Who won that you were surprised won? Who lost that you were surprised lost? Who's doing exactly what they're supposed to do? What players that we talk about today have underperformed? What players have shocked us and have been dark horses? Things change every single week inside of the World Cup, which means that every Wednesday when we take it over here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora for an hour on World Cup Wednesday, we will be able to let you know what's going on, our thoughts about it, our reaction to it. And because there's soccer fans all over Central and Upstate New York and all over the world, I want to thank you and I appreciate you being a part of the show. And if you're not a soccer fan, you still watch the World Cup. That's the thing about the World Cup is that people just connect with it, even if it's not your team, even if poor old Italy doesn't make it this year, I can find a way. I will, I will find something to do. Well, the thing is, the fact of the matter for me is that I can appreciate that Spain made it because Spain and Italy, that's my heritage, and Peru for my, my little brother Nico. So I'm cheering on Spain and Peru. In the comfort of my own home, I'm cheering on Spain and Peru. I love how Johnny said it's football because to everybody in the world, soccer is football. Only to us is soccer soccer and is football what they call American football or football Americano around the world. So with that being said, we have this awesome takeover. We're starting it this week. We're going to get into it in just a moment. want to let you know at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be speaking with Jimmy Evans. Jimmy Evans of the Binghamton Bulldogs ABA team. Him and I are going to have a conversation here this morning coming off of my conversation with Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions bringing the sport back to Central and Upstate New York. The first time that Syracuse will have a professional basketball team in a very, very long time. And their rival immediately will be the Binghamton Bulldogs, who did very well and were some of the ty- was was part of one of the top teams in the entire country in the ABA last year. So with that being said, Jimmy Evans will join us at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time, and then we'll carry out the rest of the show with some topics that you have on your mind, some thoughts that you have. I know I got some football fans that are always listening, so if we want to talk about football Americano and you want to talk a little bit about the NFL, we can do that as well. But without further ado, I welcome him into the show for the first time ever, Zach, who's been helping out the company and, and doing a great job with the CNY Pop Festival. How are we doing today, sir? Pretty good, Dan. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Now, what... Yeah, I know you did this a little bit in the past, so bring me into the experience you've had broadcasting. Uh, well, gave it a good try at Fisher with some athletic events. Uh, ultimately, I turned it wasn't something I wanted to do overall, but I had a good time, and it gave me a little experience in the sports industry while doing it. And you're here with with me today to discuss the World Cup because you played soccer. You're a big soccer fan, so bring me into your love for soccer. Where did it all begin? When did you start playing? Well, I started playing when I was five years old. My uh, my grandma Linda, who is unfortunately no longer here, but always right, remember right. her. Yeah. But she introduced me to soccer at the age of five. When I went to her house on the weekends, she threw uh, the English Premier League on the TV. And uh, I watched a certain team called Manchester United that at the time had just acquired a certain Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And I grew up watching him, and I liked Man United. Then I got, then I got introduced what the World Cup was in 2006 when Italy won, and I've just fallen in love with it ever since. So you have this connection through your grandmother. What did you ever ask her? What made her 
like soccer so much? You know what? I never did, but I sh- I wish I did now that you mention it. But it's just like, I mean, she just here in upstate New York, she just turns on the English Premier League, and there you go. She yeah. just puts it on the TV, and that was just, that was her thing. That's, I mean, to me, that's, that's awesome. And, and it's so great because I feel like America, we've taken such a long time to appreciate soccer as a community, but all over the world, everybody's been in this thing forever. Oh, you know, yeah. it's, for football, I mean, you look at the nation's pastime, which people say is baseball, but football has essentially kind of taken that over and it's football and then baseball, then maybe basketball, whatever. But soccer has, has consistently grown. And when you look at even Major League Soccer inside of the MLS, I mean, when we go to the MLS and, and what they've done and what they've been able to put together here as far as, you know, the teams that they've been able to bring together, it's it's been an amazing, amazing achievement on the side of Major League Soccer here in the States to have the amount of teams that they have at this point. It's almost as if you fall asleep, and for me at least, it was like I fell asleep and there was 10 teams. You wake up and there's all these teams. There's Atlanta United FC, there's Chicago Fire, there's the Colorado Rapids, the Columbus Crew, there's D.C. United, FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo, Los Angeles FC, L.A. Galaxy, Minnesota United FC. We have Montreal Impact as well as New England Revolution, New York City FC, Red Bull, New York Red Bulls, uh, Orlando City SC, who I've covered when they came in, Philadelphia Union, Portland Timbers, the Real, Real Salt Lake, as well as San Jose Earthquakes, Seattle Sounders FC, Sporting Kansas City, Toronto FC, and the Vancouver Whitecaps. So when you look at this entire, I mean, you look at how fast and how vast this has grown, we're looking at over 20 teams inside of the MLS. Did you ever think the way that this kind of grew slowly and like seven teams and 12 teams, did you ever think it was going to get this big in the States? Well, actually, it's still growing because there's also expansion franchises coming to Nashville and Miami with the Miami team being owned by David Beckham. But it has grown rapidly over the recent years. Part of it, I think, is because some parents do not want their kids playing American football due to the concussion dilemma that's been going on the last few years becoming more prevalent. But even outside of that, it's still growing just because it's an, it's a good sport to play. 23 teams with the addition of Nashville and Miami. There will be 25 teams that will be in this thing in total. Now, just to put that into perspective, the NHL has 30, the NBA has 30, the Major League Baseball has 30. So they're five teams. They will be five teams away from being on the same line as far as how big their league is and how vast it is. They get five more teams in this thing. They're right on the same line as the NHL, the NBA, and MLB. The NFL only with more. They have 32. So what does that mean for you? I mean, what does that say to you? 25 teams, and we all know baseball. We all know basketball. We all know football, but in hockey as well. But we're getting to a point where Major League Soccer is a cup is a, just a few hand a handful of franchises literally away from matching the other leagues that have been here for seemingly forever for a lot of people. It just shows the growth and sustainability of the sport because Major League Soccer 
when the U.S. was awarded the host rights to the 1994 World Cup, one condition that FIFA made was that uh, a national league be created in the United States, and that league became the MLS, and it's been growing ever since. And when we see, you know, this growth in these, who who do you who do you watch? Do you have a team here in the states? Well, I've always watched the LA Galaxy because they've been a standard of how to play good American soccer, and it's only increased recently with their recent acquisition of Slatan Ibrahimovic. That's a name that you can say five times fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite a mouthful. He he joined the Galaxy after playing for my favorite team, Man United, for a year and a half. And so Manchester United, why? Why that team? Was it because of Grandma? Is that is that what did it for you? Well, not really. Well, Grandma just introduced me to the sport. Man United was a team that I watched frequently because as the best team in the since the Premier League was created in 1992, they won the Premier League a lot of times. And then when I started watching, they got Cristiano Ronaldo. I liked him a lot as a player. And it just really grew. Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> Nothing like sneezing on live radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will tell people, and I will say this with utter certainty. I'm okay, Bubba. God bless me. I'm I'm in a place right now where my allergies are at an all-time high. I'm pissed off. I love, I love, 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 love Central and Upstate New York. In the same respect, I'm very mad at you, Central and Upstate New York, because... This is what my allergies do. This is what pollen does to me. It's like friggin' kryptonite. So I don't like it. If I sound different, it's pollen's fault. But I still love you all the same. Please pray that I feel better since I woke up at 3.35 a.m. this morning dealing with all this garbage. So with that being said, back to the World Cup. But the MLS, I mean, to me, this is this is amazing that we're going to see this grow to 25 teams, that that there are two teams in New York State, there's two teams in Los Angeles. You know, it's funny. Los Angeles can hold down having having the rights to multiple, I mean, because what is it, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim now, whatever. They can hold down having multiple MLB teams. They can hold down having an NHL team. They can hold down having two NBA teams in the same stadium. They can hold down having two LA teams for MLS. They just can't hold down football. They can't do it. Yeah. They lost the Raiders twice. They lost the Rams. Now they don't have the Raiders. They'll be going to Vegas. But they have, for now, the Chargers will end up back in San Diego. And they do have the LA Rams. And we'll see how long that takes before they move back to St. Louis. But... L.A., I mean, you look at L.A., New York, I mean, these are big-time cities. Toronto, they're pulling this off. And not only that, but when we see teams like Nashville, when we see Portland, you know, these other cities that are stepping up, Minnesota, it's not that they're these tiny, rinky-dink cities, but the sustainability of a franchise in the MLS is consistently growing. And I think the Seattle Sounders, when they had their first game, they packed, they sold out their first game in their arena, like 60,000 people. So, it's not your grandfather's America anymore in the sense of soccer is, is prevalent and it's growing. And it's kind of growing behind the scenes because we always talk about LeBron James and we talk about the Golden State Warriors. We talk about Tom Brady. We, we talk about the Yankees and are they good again. We talk about the Red Sox. We talk about 
you know, hockey and can this team repeat or what's going to happen here? What does this mean? And people jump on the bandwagon of D.C. We, we talk about all of that. We discuss all of that. And while that's happening, MLS has 25 teams now. Yeah, and part of, I think part of the reason that maybe soccer isn't as popular in this country in the past was because when you think about all the major professional teams of other sports are in this country, yeah. but all the big leagues in soccer aren't in America. They're all in Europe. The Spanish La Liga, Italian Serie A, English Premier League, they're all over in Europe. So, And because you don't really see that often on the main channels like ABC or NBC on the main ones, I think that contributed so maybe why it wasn't so popular for a long time, but now it's really grown, and I think we're going to see more of that. Before we get into this year's World Cup, I want to make a note that just a, just a couple hours ago, the United States, Mexico, and Canada found out that they will be hosting the World Cup of 2026, and it is going to be a North America Cup that will include all of North America, the United States, Mexico, Canada. My question is... If a wall is built by then, how will we get teams back and forth? But beyond that, <laughs> beyond that, what do you think about this? The United States has waited a very, very long time to get an opportunity, and they will now share that opportunity with Mexico and Canada. Yeah, this this that'll be an interesting World Cup because the only other World Cup to ever be co-hosted by countries was 2002 between Korea and Japan, and that worked out pretty nicely. So this will be the first World Cup with three teams as co-hosts. And for Mexico, this they will this will be their third World Cup hosted, as they also hosted seventeen eighty six. Canada has never been a host, and the U.S. previously hosted once in ninety four. And this World Cup is actually going to be interesting because FIFA has been throwing back and forth. And last time I checked, I'm pretty sure it was imp- imp- approved that the World Cup will expand from thirty two to forty teams. Although personally, I'm not a big fan of that, but I think if you if you have three hosts, I think it's going to be necessary because each host nation automatically qualifies. Yeah. So, like, Russia didn't have to go through qualifying for this World Cup. They're the host nation. Their team gets to be in it. And when we look at this, and and the president, President Trump, said the, the U.S. together with Mexico and Canada just got the World Cup. Congratulations. A great deal of hard work. <clears throat> the games will be played in Edmonton, Seattle, Montreal, Boston, Toronto, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, Nashville, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Denver, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Bay Area, Orlando, Miami, Monterey, Guadalajara, and Mexico City. Yeah, that's going to be a a lot of good cities. Um, I believe they said that the final will either be played in the Rose Bowl in L.A. like it was in 94, or in the Estadio Azteca, which is the Mexican National Stadium down in uh, Mexico City, which hosted the... Uh, 70 and 86 World Cup Finals. I don't know if I want to go to Edmonton. It's very cold. Yeah, that might be a little chilly. <laughs> it's quite a drive, too, from the border. I mean, it's a, but it's a great, I mean, the North America Cup, it's a great thing to say, you know, that, you know, find us from Edmonton all the way to Mexico City. I mean, it's a, it's a great plug is how far this is. And the thing is, for people in central and upstate New York, Toronto, Montreal, Boston, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, this is all within driving distance for you. There's going to be games within, if you want to go to New York City, New Jersey, you want to go to Toronto, Montreal. Toronto's a 45-minute plane ride. New York City's a 45-minute plane ride. Boston is right there as well. Philly, so, you know, in Washington, D.C., and Baltimore as well. I mean, 
if you're living in central and upstate New York, you have an opportunity not to see a qualifier game, not to see, you know, a friendly, but essentially you're going to see the World Cup in these areas. And, you know, I think you need to kind of get your tickets ready now and get your thought ready now because, I mean, these this this is a great opportunity. And, and when we talk specifically about central and upstate New York, you know, this is right up your alley. This is this is for you. This is the World Cup coming to your town, which is pretty amazing. Doesn't get any bigger than the World Cup. No, and you know, ticket wise, let's discuss tickets, shall we? So, if I wanted to buy tickets to, and I'm I'm going to go to you, Zach, on this one. Can you buy tickets right now? Do you know of the opportunity? Because you can't. I mean, 2026, you can't reserve a ticket now. Yeah, I mean, they were just awarded it this morning so right. i imagine they're not available but but how soon in advance because i'm sure you probably looked up tickets before uh, it's been a while but i have um usually so i'm gonna look up tickets to tomorrow's game that's what i'm gonna do a thousand people are viewing this event right now there's 218 tickets left it's taking this literally looks up dial up it looks like dial up internet that i'm on right now <laughs> So it says, in Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow, Russia, for Thursday, June 14th, Russia versus Saudi Arabia, which is the kickoff game, we are awaiting our dial-up internet to... This is insane. This is like the FIFA... This is the Football World Cup 2018 tickets, and this thing has taken an hour and a half to load here. By the time we get there, everyone, everyone will have bought the 218 tickets left. But I just want to see how much tickets are if I want to buy tickets right now. Because that's kind of the question that I have is, you know, will these games sell out or could somebody in Syracuse presumably buy a ticket in 2026 and be able to go to this thing, you know, the day before or the day of. So let's see what we got here. Where Where are my tickets? Tickets are still available. Okay, so here we go. So if we want to go to Russia tomorrow... And let's say Zach and I are going, so we're buying two tickets. They are $700 a ticket. The cheapest ticket is $698 to go to see Russia versus Saudi Arabia in Moscow, Russia. $759, bucks. So this is, I mean, this is crazy. It's a pretty penny. Right. So, so it would cost you and I $1,400 to go to the game plus airfare plus lodging so i just want to i want to see some of this other stuff here so let's go to StubHub. let's see what StubHub has going on upcoming events so let's say i want to watch portugal and spain what do you got for me probably gonna be a lot more expensive for a big game like that it's funny though how like whenever you go on StubHub, i never see it like loading you just go mm-hmm. straight to the tickets but because there's so many people on this it's crazy. Okay, so oh, if, yeah. if we want to go to uh, Fished Olympic Stadium in Russia to see Portugal and Spain, the cheapest tickets are $748 a piece. They go all the way up to $11,274.99 to have a VIP business seat with hospitality. If we want a Category 1 seat, show me where these Category 1 seats are. Okay. So there's a Category 1 seat that is available, and it's not even great seating for $6,000. So we could pay 700 or 6000 
Jeez. to go to this game. There is not a ticket in Russia to see Spain play Portugal in their first matchup of the World Cup in group stages. There is nothing cheaper than $748.21. And even if we get that, it's a Category 2 which shows us where we would be sitting. We wouldn't even be sitting anywhere close. Looks like it's the corners of the stadium. Yeah, it's in, it's in the four corners of the stadium, and there's one other lone spot. And then if you want to sit kind of at the end, it, it behind each goal, that's $817.37 a piece. And then back to the corners, 943 There's one section that is by one of the goals at an angle on the side for $1,100. $1,100. Folks, if we're looking at the Carrier Dome, by the sections that I'm looking at on the screen right now in studios here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, essentially what I'm looking at in this moment is, let's say, Section 312 in the Dome for $1,100. Just to put that into perspective, if you wanted to pay that. So that's where we're at right now. So obviously you can't buy your tickets in this moment. For 2026, but as soon as those tickets become available, I suggest that you buy your tickets. And you'd want to maybe start saving your pennies even before they become available. Right, and the thing that's really difficult is, you know, I mean, they make the announcement in advance, but let's say the tickets go on sale, you don't know who you're going to get, right, essentially in the beginning, beginning. But if if you get that group stages and everything is let out, if I know where the groups are going to be, then I'm going to go where Spain is, I'm going to go where Italy is, I'm going to go where America is. So you're going to buy those tickets up. And for some of these people that are selling these, they may be teams that they don't want to see anymore. So, you know, we're looking at $740 for a ticket to the World Cup, which is absolutely, positively, astronomically insane. We're going to take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. When we come back, Zach will bring us through the World Cup in a primer to get you ready on this World Cup takeover, World Cup Wednesdays on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D 
D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash Call. DT, we're inside of the World Cup Wednesday, World Cup Takeover. This will happen every single Wednesday. The World Cup will be taking over Wake Up Call for the first hour, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, in this World Cup Wednesday, featuring myself, Dan Tortora, and Zach Bowden, who is a part of Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, interning with us right now, and uh, very happy to have him. He's done an amazing job with CNY Pop Festival. You can check that out and get your tickets now at CNY popfestival.com with that being said into the world cup primer the first game is tomorrow we told you about it we let you know your tickets are about 700 bucks and now to get into the team we're going to start with that team that didn't make it that some of you here in syracuse might know there's this place called america (laughs) and it's got 50 states and they join together and try to make the world cup it didn't happen this time they didn't qualify so zach i'm going to hand it off to you and your thoughts on the united states who unfortunately is not going to be inside of the 2018 World Cup. Thanks, Dan. Like you said, unfortunately, they'll be missing out on this edition. And it's unfortunate because they had qualified for the last seven editions of the World Cup from 1990 onwards. This included being the host nation in 1994 and a run to the quarterfinals in 2002. It was their second best ever finish. It was really shocking considering how they won the North American title, the 2017 CONCACAF Cup. And they really, they really looked like they that Bruce, former coach Bruce Arena had them on track to qualify, but ultimately it just wasn't enough. And what really made it more frustrating for me is the fact that when they went on the road to play Mexico in the Azteca, a stadium they really more often than not lose a lot. They actually got a draw and a very would have been a valuable point had they maybe not dropped points in other games. 
But really what killed them was they lost their first two games of the qualifying. Because there's only 10 games in the final round of qualifying. They lost 2-1 to Mexico at home. And they lost 4 nothing to Costa Rica on the road. And what really frustrates me with the Mexico game was they scored off a corner kick. There's Mexico did for their second goal in the 88th minute. It was a very lax defending. That was a huge point dropped that really could have helped them. They lost twice to Costa Rica on the road 4 nothing, and then at home 2 nothing. It's not good when you lose two home qualifying games because to get to the World Cup, you usually got to win at least three or four to have a pretty good chance. Uh, just overall, just it was an overall aging squad for in about eight or nine positions in the starting 11 and just some really inconsistent defending. But really, they missed three wide-open opportunities on the road at Panama, which could have won them the game. That was a game that they drew 1-1, but yet later they could beat them 4 nothing. So just I think the ultimate thing overall is just the mentality, and that showed in their final game in Trinidad, who were who only had, drew like one game in the first nine, and I think the U.S. just went in thoughting they had it in the bag, and I think mentality cost them there. Ultimately, they finished fifth place out of six teams with 12 points with three wins, three draws, four losses. For those who aren't familiar with how the final round of CONCACAF qualifying works, top three get an automatic qualifier to the World Cup group stage. Fourth place goes into an intercontinental playoff from a team from another confederation. So ultimately, overall, three job points was the difference between the U.S. qualifying or not qualifying for the World Cup. So sadly, we're going to be missing out this year in four years. But there is hope. Yeah, you know, and I mean, for them... It's just a, it's it's a very strange you know thing to not have like you said seven straight to not have America inside of the World Cup you know because fans in if you become a fan you know if you're not a fan of soccer I see so many people who say they hate soccer they don't watch soccer they make fun of soccer the World Cup comes on and everybody's getting wrapped in a flag and watching you know so it's going to be strange and I'm kind of interested to see what it's going to look like in bars around central and upstate New York and especially down in Orlando where I've watched the World Cup the last three so I'm interested to see how people are reacting to this are they finding a team that they're cheering for are they cheering for you know whoever didn't you know whoever spurned you know America are they going in the opposite direction so I'm interested to see how many people here in America are going to watch it and kind of choose a team and pick a team and how they're going to do it and do people just kind of lean on Brazil at this point or where do they go because America had something to watch and now you know they're in a situation where you know your team didn't make it to the championship game so who do you want you know you don't like the Patriots so you cheer on the Eagles not because you're an Eagles fan but because you don't want the Patriots to win that's kind of where is America at right now so it's interesting to see that but I mean how close was this like you said America kind of walked in like they felt like they could do it was was it was it were they on the cusp could they taste it in your opinion was it kind of the was it was it the hair you know was it the skin of their teeth so to speak or was it farther than that this is how close they were I said they had three draws. Two yeah. of them were games in which they dropped points they could have won. Yeah. If they turned one of those draws into a win, they would have went from fifth to third. They would have had an automatic qualifier because they finished one point behind the team from fourth, yeah. and the team from third was also on 13 points. We finished with 12. 
So if they turned one draw into a win, that would have given them an extra two points, taken them up to 14 points. They would have finished third and would have been in the World Cup. So the craziness of if they could just have emerged with one victory in that draw situation that they could have been in such a better place. Yeah, and if they couldn't do that, all they had to do was win their final game against Trinidad-Tobago. And they didn't do that. So. Yep, they lost 2-1, unfortunately. So we are where we are right now. There's other notable teams that didn't make it. One of them I really don't want to talk about, but go ahead. Well, actually, before we get to that, I, I want to talk about how the future for the U.S. will oh, okay. get Okay, so where, where you think the United States, because you said that you feel like the future is looking bright. So you think that there's some bright spots coming out of not making it in 2018. So what's kind of your roadmap for Yeah, here? well, we got a lot of young players. They're going to be given more opportunities now because, like I said, it was an aging squad. Unfortunately, we'll no longer have the ungodly-like heroics of Tim Howard. You may have remembered he pulled a World Cup record 16 saves in the round of 16 game against Belgium back in 2014. So we don't, we'll no longer have him, but we got hope. Christian Pulisic, many of you might know him as the U.S.'s best player at the moment. He's very young. He's 19. He plays over for Borussia Dortmund, a top 10 club in Europe. And he's only going to continue to improve. He's already got nine goals with tw- in 21 games for the U.S. And he, he's going to be he's staying at Dortmund right now to develop, but a lot of people are tipping him to move to a bigger club in Europe. The two most heavily linked are English club Liverpool, who are currently coached by former Dortmund coach Jurgen Klopp. So Klopp knows Pulisic from the youth system before he broke into the first team. Or German club Bayern Munich, huge rivals of Borussia Dortmund. Because their wingers are start, are in their mid-30s, and they might come after Pulisic because Bayern has a history of buying the best players from Bundesliga clubs that compete with them. So you feel like there's a roadmap and there's an opportunity to get here an opportunity to get back with all this that's going on i mean how do you if you're america you know what are you doing from from this point on from 2018 to the next time that we get to see this thing in 2022 you know what's what's kind of your mentality at this point because this was so close and i mean it is embarrassing when the when the world is watching they know the teams that are in, they know the teams that aren't. And there's some teams that aren't in this year, including America, that you know you don't expect. There's one team that sticks out like a sore thumb because they've won four World Cups. Yeah, that would be Italy. First time in 60 years that they failed to qualify for a World Cup. The problem with Italy was during their World Cup qualifying, in their European qualifying group, they were in the same group as Spain. And the way the European qualifying works, only the top spot gets an automatic qualifier, and only second place goes to a qual- a play intercontinental playoff yeah. within Europe. They got drawn against Sweden, who no longer have Slatan Ibrahimovic. He retired from the national team in 2016, but they have some good young players, and they play well together as a team, defend well. And over 180 minutes, both teams combined could only manage one goal, and that was scored by Sweden. Yeah, I mean, when and this is the thing, this has happened more than once. Italy and Spain, that's my heritage. Everybody that listens to Wake Up Call, you know where my family is from and how much that means to me. They have been a thorn in the other one's side in the past, in the yeah. recent past. So could we maybe not let that happen anymore? Worlds, can you keep them separated that Spain kept out Italy? But it's funny because in 2006, 
I got to have the the beautiful opportunity of seeing Italy hoist that World Cup. And then in 2010, I got to see Spain do it. So I said, I have back-to-back. I'm good. And then within that, there you know, there there was other championships. There were one in the EuroLeague and whatnot for Spain. So for the rest of my life, you know, outside of seeing America make this thing happen, I'm good. Like, I'm sitting pretty. I saw back-to-back. Both of my countries did it. I love it. But it's weird when Italy's not in this thing. Like you said, the first time in 60 years they've won four World Cups. They're extremely dangerous. Nobody counts them out. Even if their team's a little bit lower than what they used to be, they're still a team that people prepare for and are concerned about because they are such a pain in the butt and they are a perennial contender. So, well, for every four years a contender, you know what I mean. But um, when we look at moving forward for America and for Italy – you know, do you do you feel like this is this is kind of a, a fire starter type of thing? I mean, I wouldn't imagine that we would not see Italy the next time around or America. Yeah, Italy have a lot of young players, just like the U.S. They're going to be given a lot of opportunities over the next four years. They got a new coach. Uh, Italy is thinking about maybe a new um, federation president. The U.S. has actually named a new uh, general manager for the U.S. Soccer Federation, Ernest Stewart to provide a new sense of direction. And I'm I'm willing to say I'm pretty sure Italy is going to do the same thing. They're going to get a new face at the top to try and provide a new sense of direction. And they're just going to let these young players develop. That's and all you can really do. So Italy doesn't make it. Who are some of the other teams that surprised you that didn't make it in this thing? Uh, one, one would be Chile. Uh, they've been winners of the last two South American Copa America championships in yeah. 2015-16. And they finished runners-up in last year's confederations cup they they had some good players they defend well as a unit and they just found a way to get the job done but this time they fell short and they were really bummed because if they had made it this time it would have been the first time in their history that they qualified for three world cups in a row having also been there in 2010-14 and then the netherlands i mean we know that this team is a team that obviously took care of business 2010 they were runner-up and then they were in the top three in 2014. So this is another shocker that the team that I feel like some Syracuse fans could get around because they wear orange, they're not going to be in this thing. Yeah, and actually what's really what makes it even more sad for the Netherlands is a lot of their main stars, such as uh, Robin Van Persie and Arjen Robin, two attacking players that really carried the load for the Netherlands over the past decade and a half. They've, they've retired from the Netherlands. They're in their mid-30s, about ready to retire. And they also failed to qualify for the 2016 European Championships. So this is two major tournaments in a row that, that they missed out on. So unfortunately, I think they're on the down, but they got to get some youth players in a new sense of direction. And you have a, a couple more teams here. You have uh, Wales and Ghana. Everybody remembers Ghana for defeating the United States, taking them out. Ivory Coast as well for what they were able to do. I mean, the Ivory Coast is a team that stepped up big time recently. So for these three teams, what are your thoughts on them not making it and kind of the road after this for Wales, Ghana, and the Ivory Coast? Well, with Wales, they only have themselves to blame because they had four or five games that ended in draws in which they had a lead, but then let a goal be scored against them in like the last five minutes. So I just they really had only had themselves to blame. They really should have won their group but they drew too many games that they were leading. So hopefully we'll see them again in four years maybe. And so as we move forward, you have a favorite to win. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satoro, we're here 
with my intern, Zach Bowden. See, some interns, when you work for companies, you go get coffee and, you know, you, you, you get me grapes or you go make sure that my chair, my, my car is heated up or whatever that may be. <laughs> for this kid, he gets put on the show because, you know, that's what we do here on Dance Tour Broadcast Media. So try and take care of people and give them the opportunities that they may not have elsewhere. So just take some notes, companies around here. Just kind of understand that interns deserve an opportunity too or else why have an intern so zach is here with me he's a big time soccer fan played soccer and he is here with world cup wednesday every wednesday him and i are taking over the first hour of wake up call with dan satora somehow i'm taking over my own show i don't know what that means but we're doing world cup wednesday and you have some favorites to win and and this is kind of a team that's a thorn in people's sides but go ahead well first favorite to win is brazil they're a favorite every World Cup. They're the only team that's managed to qualify for every edition of the World Cup, with this year's edition being the 21st edition. So they're five-time winners, although the last time they won it was in 2002. So that was 16 years ago. It's been a while. And they were actually the hosts of the last World Cup, but many of you might remember that in the semifinals in their own country, they got thrashed by Germany 7-1 who Germany, of course, went on to win the last edition of the World Cup. And then, so, they had to recover from that. They lost their confidence. It it was, it tied their worst loss ever in the history of their national team. It was the biggest, one of the biggest World Cup losses ever, and it just really demoralized them. It really hit them hard. But since then, they've had, they've undergone a complete reboot. They're looking to capture a sixth crown. They won the Olympic gold medal in 2016, something that even though they've won every title before that, that was the only one that was missing. That was also as a host nation at the Olympics. They developed some new young attacking players, Felipe Coutinho, Douglas Costa, Gabriel Jesus, a lot of new young players that have starting or significant roles with the national team now. And when they were actually at one point in sixth place, in the South American standings, which South America only has 10 teams. So the fact that they were in sixth was really surprising because in South America, top four get an automatic qualifier, fifth goes into an intercontinental playoff. So they were in danger of missing the World Cup for the first time, which we would never think because Brazil has always been there. Yeah, because it's Brazil. Right. They have been bumped out in group stages recently, though, so that's... Yeah, they they crashed out of the group stage in the 2016 Copa America, but... That was because Neymar didn't participate in that because he was down in Brazil for the Olympics. You love Neymar. I do. do. I'm wearing his club jersey right now. I know you are. <laughs> I'm going to go get my Italy stuff. <laughs> so. Hey, I got an Italy jersey at home, man. Right. So I, I got my I, Italy jersey. I got my I got my uh, you know Spain gear and whatnot. I'm ready. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm going to be wearing my, my Spain stuff. I mean, that's what I got. So. Yeah. Italy, I'm going to be crying in my Italy gear, wearing my Spain while I'm watching. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, but they, they turned it around after they put new coach Tite in. They went from six and eventually finished first in South American qualifying. I think I might change my name to Tite. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Brazilian players only have, like, one name. It's like, like Neymar, wake Tite. Up call, wake up call with Tite. Tite. I feel like it'd be <laughs> That great. sounds pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I love Dan Tortora. I mean, it's a name that I've had. But, you know, maybe maybe wake up call with Tite. Sounds like, it sounds like if someone calls me, like, Uncle Dan, it's Uncle Tite. <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's make it happen. 
So Brazil will open their group stage against Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia. Yeah. And here's the three players you need to watch. Okay. One is obviously going to be Neymar. He's 26 years old. He's the best attacker that Brazil has had in a long time. Horrible player. <sighs> Brings well, nothing to the game. I'm kidding. We'll get, <laughs> I'm kidding. We'll get back if, to if that he, in If a people minute. know nothing, they know Neymar, they know Messi. I mean, there's names that you... Even if you don't know soccer, you know soccer because you know you know guys yeah. like this guy. So he's he's currently on fifty five international goals for Brazil. He's tied for third. That's all time in their national team. He's only behind Brazilian legends. Well, he's tied with Rivaldo right now on fifty five, and then second is the Brazilian Ronaldo with sixty two goals, and first, of course, is at seventy seven goals Pele. And Neymar's going to give Pele a run for his money on that record. But he, he's the main star. He's been out with injury since February when yep. he suffered a uh, fifth menstrual bone fracture in his right foot. But he's returned lately for Brazil's warm-up games. He's scored two goals before the World Cup, and he's gained some confidence. It just He's the star man for Brazil, and he's got to be at the top because the chances of Brazil's success are on his shoulders. Well, I'm saying if he's, if he's not at 100% or... You know, you like you said, he's coming back. But if he still is not a full go, which only he knows his body, you know, could we see Brazil falter here in the group stage? I don't think they'd falter in the group stage, considering how they have to face. Costa Rica is going to be a tough game for them because they got a really good goalkeeper in Keira Navas, who's the starting goalkeeper for Real Madrid. They've won the last three Champions Leagues and four of the last five Champions Leagues. Yeah. But if they get into the knockout rounds against a tougher team like France or Germany absence of Neymar might show but they are they are a talented team it's just Neymar is the difference between Brazil exiting say the semifinals or in winning the World Cup he's he's the difference there you know who else is the difference Spain all right continue continue we'll get to them in just a moment that's right Um, their group stage I'm so pissed off at who they gave him but that's okay we'll we'll discuss that too So the second player to watch for him is Casemiro. He's a defensive midfielder. Brazil have many attacking players, but their defense can be fragile if you expose them. So they just need that one defensive mid to sit right in front of the defense to allow the other players to go forward. So he's going to be key in helping Brazil not concede many goals and assert some dominance in the midfield. And our one is their left-back defender, Marcelo. He's the best left back in the world. He knows how to defend. He knows how to go forward and attack. He had a lot of key crosses that led to assists on huge goals for Real Madrid when they won the Champions League this year. And he's one of their more senior players. And he's pretty much done seen it all. The World Cup is the only thing missing for him. Yeah. So he's going to be a big part for Brazil. So the second favorite is France. So they are currently led by Didier Deschamps, a former France player and was the World Cup winning captain for France back in 1998. He's been there since 2012. And he's got this team going again. Because ever since they finished runner-up to your Italy in 2006, yeah. they went into a little bit of a rebuild. But under Deschamps, they've, son- they've seen a much more competitive team. They lost in the quarterfinals to eventual winners Germany by one nothing in the quarters at the last World Cup. They were the host nation at Euro 2016. They got all the way to the final before losing one nothing to Portugal. That was a really scrappy final in which Ronaldo got injured, but Portugal found a way. Portugal is they they are that like defensive wear you down. They like playing those like one nothing games, two one games. They're a pain in the butt. Just like Italy. Well, it's you know yeah, but we love Italy. But uh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> no, but no, but I mean Italy. 
they used to be the team that could go like four nothing and whatever and do what they got to do. But but with Spain and Portugal, like that game when Spain won the World Cup in 2010, I mean that was that was a game that I think Spain scored in the 81st or 87th minute to make it one to nothing on a penalty. But that was it's aggravating. It's very aggravating to play Portugal because they want to play you down to those final seconds and it's nothing nothing. It's nil nil and they hoping to that they can either get that goal right at the end time or if we go to extra periods and they go from there. But it's it's that frustrating amount of play that I fully anticipate in the Group B stage for Spain and Portugal to have another 1-0 game or 2-1 or something like that. I got 2 nothing to Spain. Oh, look at you. Or maybe maybe 2-1 if Ronaldo scores one. See, he wants to come back on the air, and because he works for me, he has to say that. No, he doesn't. <laughs> That's okay. No, but seriously, I, I mean, I... Spain or Portugal, as you were talking about, they are frustrating. But you know, all jokes aside, I give them a lot of credit because they're a pain in the butt to play. Yeah, and I don't got Portugal going far, but yeah. I don't really think they need to because Ronaldo helped them win their first international title at the last Euro, and he's done what he can. Yeah, but so their group stage opponents are going to be Australia, Denmark, and Peru. Which I actually have Peru getting out of the group as runners up to get into the knockout stage. So here are their here's France's players to watch. Okay. The first one's Antoine Griezmann. He's their best attacker, and he France are only going to go as far as he takes them. He he scored six goals at Euro 2016. It was a huge reason why France made the final. However, uh, he has been criticized for missing some big in the big moments. Uh, he missed a potential winning penalty kick in the 2016 Champions League final against Real Madrid. And he missed a six-yard wide-open header back in Euro 2016. If he took those chances, that's two titles he would have won, and he probably would have won the Ballon d'Or for best player in the world. Which instead went to Ronaldo, who was on winning sides in both finals, playing for Madrid and Portugal. But after a strong second half to a 17-18 season, including a Europa League win with Atletico Madrid, he arrives at the World Cup in France in form and ready to lead the France attack. He's got a lot of transfer speculation around him, though, with a linked transfer to either Barcelona or English club Man United, which I hope he comes to Man United. I, I really hope. His head's got to be in the right place come the World Cup. Another key player for France is Paul Pogba. Now, Pogba's had a couple inconsistent seasons playing for my Man United because he had a $116 million transfer back in 2016 from Juventus. And he's kind of like that X factor. If he's on form, France are unstoppable. If he's not on form, then France might fall apart. So if Pogba shows up on form along with the other stars, watch out. France will get some serious consideration. The third key player is N'Golo Conte. He is, one like Casemiro for Brazil, he's one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. And he's one of those players that just sits right in front of the defense and protects their defense while the others go forward. Yeah. Uh, he was part of that miraculous Leicester City Premier League winning team in 2016. He then got transferred to Chelsea, won another Premier League. Following season, last year, won an FA Cup. So if he's if he can sit in front of France's attack and allow others like Pogba to go forward, France is going to be a tough out. Third favorite, defending champs, Germany. Germany, yeah. It's, it's, it's the usual suspects. I mean, France, Germany... Brazil. I mean, these are these are the teams that that you anticipate that are going to go far. You anticipate that these teams are gonna are gonna do something every time there's a World Cup because you can't count them out. I mean, I feel like if Italy's in this thing, we'd be saying the same thing. So, 
Germany, give us your thoughts. Because I know after Germany, something fun is coming for me on the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks, go ahead. Well, <laughs> whenever Germany shows up for an international tournament in recent memory, you basically know they're going to be there till at least the semifinals. Right. They were runner-up in the 02 World Cup, third place in both 06 and 10, and then, of course, they won the last edition, sprinkle in a runner-up finish at the 08 European Championships, and then semifinal finishes at the 12 and 16 Euros. And they also won the 2017 Confederations Cup, in which they basically won fielding a B team. They literally let all their starting 11 players rest that summer because they played 50 to 60 games for club. Yeah. They let all their young players play. They were fantastic and won the Confederations Cup. So Germany, Germany basically has enough talent to field two or three strong starting 11s that any team would struggle against. They have a lot of good players. <laughs> It's it's really unfair for some nations, but if they were but if they were to manage to win this year's World Cup, they would be joining Italy in 1934 and 38, and Brazil 1950 and 62 as the only nations to repeat as World Cup winners. They've had a lot of veterans though retire from that 14 winning squad, but they've replaced the, been able to replace those veterans with some experienced young players that are ready to help Germany attempt to conquer the world once again. Their group opponents are going to be Korea, Sweden, and Mexico. So the three players for them are Manuel Neuer. He had an injury hit club season for German club Bayern Munich last season. He only played four games, but he did manage to recover in time for the World Cup. He fractured his foot twice, actually, because he fractured in September. He was ready to come back in January, and then he refractured it. So it's good to see him back, though. He's going to need to make the big saves like he did four years ago if Germany are going to win it because that's going to be a difference. Second one is Josh, Joshua Kimmich. He's their right back. He took over from the winning captain from four years ago, Philip Lahm, after he left retired from the international team. And Kimmich also took over for Lahm after he retired from club Bayern Munich in 2017. He has a level head on his body at 23 years old. He's had a couple impressive seasons at Bayern. He can, in which they've won a sixth consecutive German Bundesliga title. And his he can go forward and defend, and he's going to be a difference in helping Germany not be exposed on that right side of the defense. Yeah. Do you think that Mexico is a true threat in this? Because I don't know if I see any other threats. Well, here's the thing with Mexico. They've managed to get out of the group the last six World Cups. Yeah. But they've also lost in the round of 16 the last six World Cups. Yeah. It, Mexico... In my personal opinion, whoever wins the Sweden Mex- game when Mexico faces Sweden, whoever wins that game is going to be the team that goes runner up behind Germany okay. out of the group. That's fair. Because I, I, I don't. I mean, Korea's not really. Yeah. A threat. Korea's. It's it's good that they're there, but yeah. I think the realistic expectation is just a happy to be their team. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's certain teams like Tunisia. You know, teams that I don't expect to move forward. Iran, you know, because of the group that they're in and whatnot, I don't see them moving forward. Just teams that you're like, wow, they're there, but not the anticipation that they're going to win. Yeah. Or get through that. But it's a World Cup. It's all about the experience for some of them. Right. And, of course, the third player, one of the best midfielders in the world, Tony Cruz. He's done it all. He's won a World Cup. He's won three Champions Leagues with Real Madrid. He won another Champions League at Bayern as part of a treble, which isn't done very often. He knows how to win. He knows he's the brain and dictator of Germany's strong midfield, so he's going to dictate the play and 
allow Germany to go far in this World Cup. He's going to be key in the midfield. So without further ado, we'll get to the fourth favorite. Let's bring it. Spain. What's up? All right. So <laughs> I'm excited now. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, Brazil is always a threat. Germany is always a threat. France, for the most part, is always a threat. But Spain has, has done what they, you know, inside and outside of the World Cup, they've won numerous championships. They've done a lot of things recently here in the 21st century. So they have emerged as a team that maybe you thought was pretty good, but not on the same line as Germany and France and Brazil. And they've risen to a place where I feel like they, they – have moved themselves, and if they win this year, have uh, have without any doubt put themselves on the top of the line. Well, I think they're already there. But this I, is why I hired you, Zach. <laughs> well, you, you might not like this first point, though. Here we go. So, as many remember, they did crash out of the group stage in the 2014 World Cup. Nobody remembers that. I do. Didn't happen. <laughs> Alrighty. Fake news. But they have rebuilt with some younger players that yeah. complement some of the more experienced players in the squad. Right. So they won the World Cup in 2010. They'll be looking to add their second title this summer in Russia. Viva España. Yes, Viva España. They dominate they've been they dominated the international stage from 2006 to 2014. They saw that World Cup win and two European Championships win in 2008 and 2012. No big deal. However, uh Euro after that World Cup exit they had an early exit at the hands of Italy at the 2016 Euros. Why do they hate on each other? I don't get it, folks. Hey, it's too Spain good. smacks him, Italy smacks him back. It's This is affecting me personally, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. This is what it's like to have your emotions play with. It is. It is it's what it's like to have two different nationalities and, and loving them both dearly and then having to see them play against each other. It's not fair. Yeah. So after the Euros in 2016, uh, winning coach Vincent Del Bosque, he, re- he left the national team after eight years to try and give him a new sense of direction. They're taken over by Julian Lopegui, who this will actually only be his only major tournament with the Spain team because a couple days ago, he was he will be after the World Cup, he was announced as a new Real Madrid coach. So he'll be leaving the Spain team after this World Cup. We'll see if he can lead them to glory before he goes or not. But their group stage opponents are Portugal, Morocco and Iran. Now I have Spain topping this group. However, they're going to be they they will be challenged, not by Morocco, but Iran might give them a tough time. They're a squad that knows how to defend well. They did well at the last World Cup. So you might remember they had Argentina at zero zero, even going into stoppage time after the ninetieth. But it took a moment of messy magic on a goal just to get by Iran one nothing. Yeah. So they know how to defend and play the top teams. And then you're, you're going to have to play Portugal. You're going to have to deal with Cristiano Ronaldo. Whatever, Portugal. Any team that has Ronaldo is going to have a chance. They are the reigning European champions. They're a stubborn team like Italy. They will defend. Yeah, they're a good team. They know how to nullify opponents. But Spain's a talented squad. But I got Spain beating Portugal 2-0 in that game. What's up with that? I like that. That's so, good stuff. Yeah, so they, got, so they got three big players to watch. The first one's their goalkeeper, David De Gea. Plays his club soccer for my team, Man United. He's he's now considered the best goalkeeper in the world. He even if a ball shot from him five yards in front of him, he'll save it. Yeah, he just makes ridiculous saves. Good game after game. So he took over from uh, goalkeeping legend Iker Casillas after that 14 World Cup, and he performed well at the 16 Euros for it being his first international tournament. He won the Golden Glove for 
as best goalkeeper in the Premier League last season. First yeah. time he ever did that, which really showed his growth as a goalkeeper. Yeah. And he was a huge part in helping United finish second in the league behind a very hard-to-beat Manchester City team. So he's going to need to replicate that form for Spain this summer. Another one's going to be Isco. He plays for Real Madrid. He's already got four Champions League winner's medal, and he's become a huge part of the Spain team during World Cup qualifying. And it just feels like he's going to explode on the international scene with Spain because he's a starter for Spain, but yet he doesn't start for his club Real Madrid. Yeah. It's insane. You don't see that often, which you're a starter for your national team, but then you don't start at the club. Right. Yeah, no, it's crazy. But we have, I mean, there's there's obviously talent here with Spain. They found a way to have longevity, and they're looking for some redemption from the last World Cup. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to be hungry. And then their third player, not one of my favorites, but he is pretty good, so you got to give the man the respect and some credit. It's their captain, defender Sergio Ramos. He, he's a little controversial. He's had some hard tackles. He injured Mohamed Salah in the Champions League final last season. I don't think it was intentional, but a lot of people viewed it as a dirty play. But he, he does what it takes to win. He's got four Champions League titles with Real Madrid, World Cup title, two European championships with Spain. He's no stranger to big stage, and he's one of the best defenders in the world. So he's going to be another strong showing, but expect some fiery moments from him in Spain during the World Cup. And that coming from Zach Bowden. Zach Bowden here working with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media. This is the World Cup Takeover. It's taken over more than the first hour of the show, so we're going to give you a little more time with the World Cup, give you some dark horse thoughts, as well as wrap up this primer for the World Cup. First game is Thursday, June 14th. We're here on Wednesday, June 13th, live on MixLR dot com backslash wake up call dt we'll take a step aside we'll come back we'll finish up our world cup primer with zach and then we'll get ready to have jimmy evans of the binghamton bulldogs new rival of the syracuse stallions in the aba he'll be coming up at 10 30 originally 10 15 but we're going to wrap up here with the world cup and then bounce in to that conversation with the binghamton bulldogs in just a little bit stay close to wake up call and enjoy this fast break with beautiful wonderful hardworking people in this community doing right by you in central and upstate New York that you need to take some time and head over to their place. Thank you to the team that we put together with Wake Up Call. You've all been amazing and you continue to be. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. We kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're 
actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. 8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. The World Cup Wednesday takeover primer is going into the second hour. It has officially taken over in a big-time way. And I'm here with Zach Bowden, who interns with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, and obviously Wake Up Call, part of that. And and Zach is here giving you the information that you need to know. I'm letting him kind of run with this thing, let this kind of be your baby, this this primer, this preview, with all the research that you've done and, and the love and the passion you have for the sport that you played. So you have a dark horse in this thing. Go ahead with that. That's right. My dark horse for the World Cup? Belgium. Because... Before the 2014 World Cup, the last tournament they qualified for was the 2002 World Cup. That means they went 12 years without a tournament. But then the 2014 World Cup, behind a golden generation of talented players, they they lost to Argentina in the quarterfinals, who would go on to lose the final to Germany. And Argentina only beat them one nothing. 
It was their second best ever performance at a World Cup, with their best being fourth at 86. And it really showed how much they developed. Then they had huge expectations going into the 16 Euros. They wanted to at least make the semifinals, but they lost to that surprising Wales team in the quarters by a score of 3-1. to one. It was viewed as a huge letdown, but they're building. They're getting better. And now they arrive at the World's Cup as, I think they were in the top six for the betting favorites to win the World Cup, and they want they really want to win it. This is their golden generation. They want to at least try to improve on their best World Cup finish of fourth. So they want to at least make the semifinals. And if Belgium were to win the World Cup, they'd be the ninth, only the ninth different team to, to win a World Cup. So they, like I said, is a golden generation. These are their players that do it for them. Their goalkeeper, Fabia Courtois, plays at Chelsea. Toby Alderweireld at Tottenham. Thomas Vermeulen of Barcelona. Vincent Company, Manchester City defender. Jan Vertonghen, their all-time appearance leader at Tottenham. And Thomas Mignor of PSG. They also got Alex Witzel, Marwan Fellaini, Yannick Carrasco, Musa Dembele in the center midfield. Kevin De Bruyne as the attacking midfielder. He kind of pulls the strings in midfield, runs the attack. Then you got your a big physical striker in Romelu Lukaku. He's their all-time goal scorer. Then you got left winger Eden Hazard, their captain and one of the few difference makers that are left in world football or soccer. See, now I'm calling it football. <laughs> yeah. Then you got right winger Dries Mertens, part of an exciting Napoli team, and Mishi Bashawai, who's really come on form in the last six months on loan at Dortmund. And then outside of this, so that's your dark horse is Belgium and Belgium in my bracket. By the way, we have a bracket challenge. So if you go on to Facebook at Wake Up Call DT or Twitter at Call DT, that's C A L L D T, you could see the link right there. If you would like to join, you could join just by following that link. It is the Wake Up Call World Cup bracket challenge. And inside of my bracket, I have Belgium facing off in the quarters against Brazil. So. Not too shabby. And I think that that's going to be a tougher game for Brazil than people might think. Players oh, yeah. to watch. you got your players to watch here, and then you have your predictor of who you think is going to win it all. So as we round out this primer, who you have to watch? Well, i got five star players to watch. A lot of them are going to sound familiar. First one, Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't expect him and Portugal to be in the World Cup long. If they get out of the group, they're probably going to lose in the round of 16. But because if things work out, they'll probably have to play uh, Uruguay. But he he's one of the best players in the world. So and he's in the Portugal team. So he's always going to give Portugal a chance. And he was a big reason why they won the Euros last summer. But the World Cup's different. Has a lot more teams outside of Europe. So we'll just see. I think this is probably going to be his last World Cup because he's 33 years old. So we'll see if he can get one or two more goals before he goes. Second one, Lionel Messi, Argentina. It's been a lot of international heartbreak for Messi. He's lost four international finals with Argentina. He lost three Copa America finals in 07, 15, and 16. And, of course, he lost the big one in 2014 to Germany. So he's still a senior international title of Argentina. is the one thing he hasn't won in his career. And it's really... And he gets so much criticism in his home country because of... Diego Maradona, a player for Argentina who won the World Cup basically single-handedly back in 86. And Argentina just haven't won a title since 1993. So 
Unfortunately, though, I think Argentina and Messi's best chance of winning something was 2014, and I got them losing in the quarters to Spain. Yeah. And if you want to, and Spain Argentina recently played beginning of the year. Messi didn't play because he was injured, but Spain thrashed him 6 1. Yeah. So I don't have Argentina going far, but pay attention to Messi because he's going to show up for this World Cup like he did last World Cup. And then your dude Neymar. We got another guy. Oh, yeah. Neymar. More, more on Neymar here from Brazil. There's a, there's a lot riding on this World Cup for Neymar. Yeah. He's the world's most expensive player. Last summer, he, he switched, he did a shock departure. From Barcelona to PSG for a world record transfer fee of two hundred sixty-five million dollars, shattered the previous record by two and a half times because the old one was like a hundred. So he he's got a lot riding on the World Cup. It was embarrassing seven-one against Germany that we mentioned last time when it was hosted. He got a suspension midway through the twenty fifteen Copa America South American Championship for a red card and reaction. He helped Brazil win the Olympics, but he moved from Barcelona to PSG to try and be the main guy and to try and win the Ballon d'Or for best player in the world, something yeah. Messi and Ronaldo have dominated for the last 10 years with five wins apiece. If he wants to win it this year, he's got to lead Brazil to the World Cup and be the guy. Yeah. So a lot of critics for him are saying put up or shut up. Yeah. So that's just the way it's got to be. Next one, Mohamed Salah of Egypt. He was he was the sensation player last season for Liverpool. He broke the Premier League single season scoring record with 32 goals, a record that was shared by Ronaldo with a few other players. He got Liverpool all the way to the Champions League final. They lost to Spanish team Real Madrid 3-1, but Salah's now going to be on display for the whole world to see. I don't have Egypt going far. This is their first World Cup in 28 years that they've qualified for. Yeah. But I got them at least getting to around 16, so... He's just—he's a humble guy. Doesn't have an ego, so he deserves to play in a World Cup, and hopefully he'll—he'll he'll score at least one goal. Yeah, that's a hope for it. You—you would—you would like him, Dan. Real yeah. humble guy like yourself. Well, you know, you gotta—you gotta remember where you came from. You have to appreciate the life that you have, and you have to know that it's not yours; it's God's. So, you know, if you go and tell everybody how wonderful you are, you're probably never gonna come on the show. Right. And then the last one. I he, made an exception for Zach. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the last one, though, players watch, Eden Hazard. Like I said earlier, he's one of those few difference makers left in soccer. He, he was the one that scored the only goal in a tight one nothing FA Cup final win over Man United. Yeah. It hurt a little bit, but got to give the man respect. So, and he he's the captain for Belgium. He's going to need to be the one that helps them go far. He had a dis. He was part of a disappointing club season for Chelsea. They finished fifth in the Premier League. They failed to qualify for next season's Champions League. They got humiliated by Barcelona in the Champions League. And they lost to an up-and-down Arsenal team in our competition. So he's looking to have a good World Cup. He's got a lot of transfer speculation around him, though, with teams like Man City, Man United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and PSG circling around to try and buy him from Chelsea. So if the transfer rumors get to him, it could hamper Belgium. But if he puts it aside and performs, watch out. And then your prediction to win it all is surprise, surprise, Brazil. Brazil. And your prediction for your best player and top scorer is? Neymar. Okay. And what are your wild predictions? What do you have for this? Uh, Egypt's are going to get out of the group to qualify for the knockout rounds. Mexico will get out of the group if they can beat Sweden in yep. round 16, but they will lose in the round of 16 for the seventh consecutive World Cup. Okay. 
My next one, all five South American countries being Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Colombia, and Peru, they will all qualify for the knockout phase. Shout out, Peru. Yeah. My little brother, Nico. How you doing? I, I agree with you on that. I think I have all of them. Yeah, so it's going to be good to see some South American flair in the knockouts. Yeah. Next prediction, Belgium and England play each other in a group stage game in their group. I got Belgium thrashing England by four goals or better in that game because a lot of Belgium stars play in the Premier League, yeah. so a lot of them are going to be playing against their club teammates, so I got that. Okay. And the next one, Luis Suarez, a star striker for Uruguay, is going to do something controversial for the third World Cup in a row. So any of you who watch the World Cup, you might remember a certain handball against Ghana in 2010. Yep. That denied them the right to be the first African team to make a World Cup semifinal. And then he actually bit an opponent against Italy back in 2014. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for Mike Tysoning my, my Italy people. Yeah. My, just, so it's just, I don't know. It's just, you get the how feeling. How can you bite somebody when you're playing? I mean, I guess it's when you're standing in place. Well, but well he's actually done it three times. Yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with people? Why? What inside of you says I should bite another human being? Yeah. It's it, not normal. It doesn't help that he also looks like he has vampire teeth, so it really doesn't help his perception of him, unfortunately. No, well, he's probably got some prosthetic teeth or something, so he can bite people harder now. And so I got two left. Argentina are going to exit the tournament at some point. They will not make the final, I think, and it's going to happen by a three-goal or more loss. My best bet is probably going to be quarterfinals against Spain. Okay. And then the last one, neither Messi or Ronaldo will win the World Cup. I think it's Neymar's to lose. Oh, okay. So those are the predictions. Those are the wild predictions by Zach Bowden here with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Every single Wednesday we have the World Cup Wake, Wake World Cup Takeover on Wake Up Call. World Cup Wednesdays are every Wednesday throughout the World Cup games that you're going to be watching they start tomorrow on thursday june 14th they will carry us all the way through for the next few weeks and with that being said we will have world cup wednesday every wednesday 9 to 10 a.m on wake up call with dan tortora very very proud to have zach on here zach first time on wake up call hope you enjoyed yourself we appreciate it of course thanks for the opportunity we'll see you guys next week and to let everybody know here coming off that world cup is that it is now your time to sign up for the Wake Up Call World Cup Bracket Challenge. You can do that on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT and on Twitter at Call DT. The bracket is called Wake Up Call, so if you go on and check it out on the MLS who's hosting it, the Ultimate Cup Bracket, you can go ahead and join Wake Up Call there as well. So enter your bracket in. Just want to have some fun. It's free and it's easy to do. You'll go through your group stages and pick your top team and your second place team, and then from there you will move forward and you will pick your teams that you believe are going to make it through the knockout stages. So for what I have in this, to let you all know, I have in Group A, Uruguay as the top seed, Egypt as the second in the Group B stages, Spain as first, Portugal number two in Group C, France number one, Peru number two, in Group D, Argentina first, Iceland second, in Group E, Brazil followed by Costa Rica, Group F, Germany followed by Mexico, Group G, I don't trust England, so I have Belgium followed by Panama, and in Group H, I have Colombia followed by Japan. In my knockout round, I have Uruguay over Portugal, France over Iceland, and then I have Brazil over Mexico, Belgium over Japan, Spain over Egypt, 
Peru over Argentina, Germany over Costa Rica, Panama over Colombia, Germany over Panama in the quarters, Spain over Peru in the quarters, France and Uruguay. This is a really hard one for me because I think Uruguay can uh, can do something crazy here, but I do have France in the quarters, and I have Brazil over Belgium, which is another tough one for me to pick, both on the left side of the bracket, which ultimately becomes France versus Brazil, Spain versus Germany in the semis, your usual suspects, France and Germ- or France and Spain in the final, fighting over that's, you know, I mean, you know how close they are geographically, and so, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it the Peninsula Takeover. Whoever wins gets to take over the other country. I don't know. We can make it happen. But Spain and France going up against each other, and Spain ultimately winning another World Cup is where I have things headed right now. So that's that's how it is. We have a day to do it. I can change my votes. You can change yours. What you need to do is join the challenge, so go to Facebook and join us through there as well as on Twitter, Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and it is very, very easy for you to do. All you have to do is follow the link, click on that, and it is free to join, and you can start filling out your bracket. You just have to make sure that you have it in within the next day, because if you have not finished your bracket, it will count as a nil. And it will not give you anything. So if you do not do this, then you get nothing. So if you don't do this, it's like you're Italy or America. You're not in the World Cup. So it's it burns, but it's true. And this, this is my thing, America. We deserve better. We've worked hard for this. Italy, come on. But the thing is, all jokes aside, to all of the teams, the ones I didn't name, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Serbia, Switzerland, Korea, Republic, Sweden, Morocco... IR, Iran, Australia, Denmark, Croatia, Nigeria, Poland, Senegal, Tunisia, and England, as well as all the teams that I did name. You know, take take satisfaction and enjoy this moment because for you, this is in a tremendous moment. There are 32 nations that make it into the World Cup, and to be a part of that 32 is something beautiful and, and truly special. So, yeah, it stinks for America that they're not in it. It stinks for Italy. It stinks for the Ivory Coast and, and Ghana and so on and so forth. But ultimately, this is why we have our qualifiers. This is why the World Cup starts years in advance. This is why, if you're a true World Cup fan, you are watching all of these games, these friendlies, everything. You're watching and you're setting yourself up for these qualifier matches well in advance, and you're seeing what is the road for my team to get there. This is where they've gotten to. These are the teams that have earned the right to say that they're in the World Cup, and no matter who wins, we can say that you know for all the countries all around the world, for how we can't find a way to all come together, We do it for the Olympics. We do it for the World Cup. And if we could take, and this is why we're Sports Meets Life on Wake Up Call, if we could take what we do in sports and we could put that into politics, put that into religion, put that into our national relations with one another, we would be a peaceful world and we would help each other out. Somehow, someway, Iran, Spain, America, Mexico, we can all find ways to come together and play sports against each other. Why can't we find a way to diplomatically break bread together as well? That's something that I ask you because the World Cup always, if for nothing else, no matter who wins, tells me that if we want to, we can all have fun together. If we want to, we can all combine to do something united. So 
this is not just the United States of America. It should be a united world. And with examples like the World Cup and with moments like this every four years, I have this crazy hope and this crazy belief that it'll teach us something. And hopefully this time around, it'll teach us exactly what we need to know to move forward together as one unified world and not just the United States and no place else, but all of us together. So let's learn from the World Cup. Let's learn from moments in sports like this. When we can all come together to play against each other, can we all come together to break bread together? And, and that, is, that is my hope, that is my wish, and that is my desire for this planet. And I know that we can do it. It just takes a lot of hard work, a lot of determination, like putting a team together. It takes good people working toward a common goal and doing it justly. If we can do that on our teams, why can't we do that in our world? We'll take a step aside. We'll come back with Jimmy Evans of the Binghamton Bulldogs in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. So look professional, look good, and feel good. Outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here 
on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We just had our World Cup takeover. That'll happen every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time with myself and Zach Bowden here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And now we're bouncing off the field onto the court with the Binghamton Bulldogs and Jimmy Evans. Jimmy has been an integral part of building up the ABA in upstate New York, also helping out here with the Syracuse Stallions in the background. So there's a lot that we can thank Jimmy for with bringing professional basketball back to upstate New York and I'm excited to finally get him on the show for the first time. Jimmy, how you doing today? Good, Dan. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, big fan of the show. Yeah, absolutely, and I appreciate that and thank you for listening. And, and you know, kind of first and foremost, just what you can say about, you know, you have your Binghamton team, but Syracuse has tried in the past to try and uh, bring a team here and, and have something come up here that's that's bringing professional ball back to Central New York. What can you say about your work with the Syracuse Stallions and what you're proud of to know that there's going to be a franchise here now? Yeah, you know, I think Syracuse uh, is, a, is, a, is a great city for an ABA franchise. Um, I think you know, I think the Stallions are going to do really well up there. I mean, um, they have the right people in place. Uh, with Mike Shikamosto leading the way up there, uh, Pete Dordis, um, you know, obviously has a tremendous reputation uh, working with the youth, um, and obviously as a player who uh, is a guy who played overseas professionally. Um, so, um, you know, Pete is uh, very well known in the community, and uh, you know, I think that they've they've done everything right so far. They've they've got their venue, they've got their schedule completed, they they've had executed two really successful tryouts. Um, and uh, there's no reason that uh, Syracuse you know, can't have uh, a very formidable team on the court um, and succeed as a franchise uh, you know, and establish some longevity. Um, so there's a ton of basketball fans up there. Uh, it's a great city for basketball. And um, you know, I, expect, I expect great things out of Syracuse in the Northeast Division next year. And when we look at this, you know, we look at the fact that Binghamton, obviously, you know, geographically is an I-81 rival for Syracuse, but we look at how many times you'll be facing off against one another. You will not face each other until December, but you'll have a home-and-home in December, and then moving forward from there, you'll face off, you'll be at home in Binghamton against Syracuse on January 19th, then you'll come back in February to Syracuse with Binghamton. So just what you could say, I mean, this home-and-home home series is going to have two on your side, two on their side. What are you excited about for this Binghamton rivalry to emerge with the Syracuse Stallions inside of the ABA? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great rivalry. I mean, the Northeast Division is a very, very strong division. Um, you know, the ABA is, is this year, uh, they've had some expansion. They're planning on having under, uh, over about 140 teams um, in the league this year, the Eastern Region will have 26 teams uh, alone by itself, um, and that'll be broken up within two divisions: the Northeast Division and the Chesapeake, Divi- Chesapeake Division, uh, where each division will have you know about 12 or 13 teams in the division. So the, the division as a whole is strong. Um, the Scranton Shamrocks uh, down in Scranton uh, have some really really talented players, former Division One guys, um, you know a few Division Three former All Americans that led the way for them. Um, the Jersey Express has been in the ABA since its inception in 2006. Uh, their talent is, you know, their roster is loaded to former Division One talent. Um, so it's, you know, it's exciting. It, it, it's going to be a really, really competitive division. Um, it's a very high level of basketball, and uh, the Binghamton Syracuse rivalry is only going to, uh, you know, enhance what that Northeast Division already has. But obviously, for, for 
you know, for the Binghamton Bulldogs, having having teams, uh, you know, both, you know, we play Syracuse an hour away, we play Elmira an hour away, we play Scranton an hour away. Um, Oneana has a, an expansion franchise this year. Uh, they're also an hour away, so for us, you know, it's great to have that, that close proximity of teams because then obviously – um, you know our fans, and we have we have a very avid fan base. We sold out just about every game last year. Um, our fans can go on the road. Uh, you know they can support us when we're away from home as well as being home. So uh, I think it's tremendous. You know having uh, you know teams that are so close to us in Binghamton um, is really gonna is gonna be great. And obviously Syracuse Binghamton, you know we're, we're gonna be uh, just naturally born rivals. Yeah, and having having this opportunity to you know build this, it's not only with Binghamton and Syracuse, but also you know some of these other teams, you know Rock City, Scranton, Elmira. There's going to be this opportunity in Oneonta, as you had mentioned, to really create this connected corridor of upstate New York and to make this fun. It's not just professional basketball, but these are rivals that are all within a couple hours of one another, if not less. I mean, Scranton's two hours away from Syracuse, and then you got Rock City, you have Oneana, you have Elmira, and Binghamton not that far away. I've made drives to pretty much all these places. So this is, you know, the home games are the home games, are home games, but the away games can feel like a home game. I mean, the, it seems very easy and very plausible that these rivalries are going to emerge pretty quickly inside of the ABA. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's kind of what I touched on is just the, the distance obviously is going to be going to be huge for fans. I mean, in Binghamton, we traveled really, really well last year. Um, you know, Rochester's about a couple hours from us, and we had a, a huge fan base at our Rochester game. Um, you know, we played down the Jersey Express. We had a good group of fans that went to that game. Um, so having teams that are even closer for us, you know, it's going to just create an awesome buzz. And, you know, the ABA is just, it, it's spreading like wildfire right now. I mean, there were 60 teams, I think, three years ago, and now they've doubled it over to, you know, to over 140. Um, it's a nationwide league. There's, you know, teams in California, teams in Florida. Um, last year when we played in the Elite Eight in Austin, Texas, um, representatives were the San Diego Kings, the Jacksonville Giants, the Austin Bats, uh, the Baltimore Warriors. Um, you know, so it was, a, it was a very widespread throughout the nation, uh, some really big cities and some really, really good teams. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's hot right now. The ABA is, is very hot. Uh, there's franchises popping up all over the place. Um, some really good talent and having such a, a good core of franchises in the Northeast is going to be great for our division. Yeah, you know, and it, and it seems pretty amazing. Speaking here with Jimmy Evans of the Binghamton Bulldogs, you know, to, to see where the ABA is for people that don't know, you know, the Chesapeake division that you brought that you brought up, the Far West division, the Florida division, the Georgia division, the Great Plains division, the Gulf Coast division, the Mid-Atlantic division, the North Central division, the Northeast that you're a part of and that the Syracuse Stallions will be a part of, the Southwest division. I mean, there there is this ever-growing, emerging, and it's not a few teams per division. You know, we're looking at divisions that have eight teams all the way to a division like the North Central that, you know, is boasting of, of having, you know, 15 teams, you know, or plus. And when we when we look at this, this ABA, you know, for people that don't know uh, what it's done over the years, how have you seen it grow, Jimmy? And what have you seen happen? Because, I mean, you know, we were discussing how MLS is now fighting to be on the level of the NHL, the MLB, and the M- NBA because they'll have 25 teams and the others that I mentioned have 30. The NFL has 32. But inside of the ABA, I mean, it's it's uncanny 
how many teams there are and how many franchises there are around this country. So just what you could say about how this has grown, how quickly, how rapidly, just what you've seen over the years with the ABA. Yeah, I mean, the model's really great. I mean, this, this, this you know, coming up in my second year, being thinking of the Bulldogs' second year, um, and even in the past you know, year, I've seen uh, a lot of growth, a lot of development. Um, the model is really, really good. Um, you know, what we do is we, is we take, uh, you know, the best players from our area or within, you know, an hour or two drive um, who were very, you know, successful, decorated college players, and we give them an opportunity um, to um, to keep playing and to keep playing on a, on a you know, a team, um, to keep playing in front of fans, to, to have the opportunity to continue to get game tape, um, to, to make it, you know, to the, G, to the G League or to make it overseas, to a high level overseas. Um, you know, it's an opportunity. And for, for fans, you know, that um, the, the need for that, level of basketball is there in, in these these size cities, the Rochester size, the Binghamton size, the Syracuse size. Um, you know, obviously you ha- you guys have the Orange up there, which is a, a huge um, a beast in that city. Um, it, but it, it, you know, there's 35,000 basketball fans at each one of those games. And, um, you know, for us to be able to, to hopefully be able to partner with them and work with them in cohesion um, to, you know, draw some of those fans and give them another opportunity to, to get some good basketball while Syracuse is on the road. Um, you know, that, that need is there in cities that size all over the country. And that's kind of how the ABA, you know, is growing is, is a, um, you know, basketball is different than baseball. I try to use, I use the word double A down here a lot in Binghamton, um, you know, because of the fact that, you know, we're, we, we consider ourselves league that's one level below the G League, which is the level below the NBA. So we, we you know we, we consider ourselves two steps down from the NBA. Um, it's not structured like baseball, where there's affiliations and etc. But that's the level that we're at. We are the best league. Um, all of our players who excel uh, will hopefully eventually end up in the G League, and then hopefully you know eventually end up in the NBA. So that's kind of our model, um, and you know it's growing throughout the throughout the country. It's really great to see. And that was a question, speaking here with Jimmy Evans of the Binghamton Bulldogs, is, you know, because there is no affiliation between the ABA and the G League and, and the NBA, is, is, there, is, is there a connections that are made, kind of networking, even if there's no specific affiliation, is there a path, so to speak, and, and is there kind of a, a networking opportunity? Are there NBA scouts that will make some trips and whatnot? Do you feel that there is kind of a, a working network at this point to try and help some of these guys to get noticed? I do. I think, I think that uh, we could grow in that, in that area. Um, you know, our, our players are, you know, our players are grown men. So uh, to, to keep it very simple, we, you know, our players have to do a lot of work on their own when it comes to, um, getting themselves exposure. There's, you know, as owners, uh, you know, we can we can share um, local workout camps, international tryout camps. Um, you know, we are connected in, in that aspect to uh, getting the word out there of what's available. Um, but you know, our players, you know, they're, they're responsible for networking themselves. You know, we're we're not high school coaches trying to get a kid, a co- you know, a, a, a college scholarship. Um, you know, our players are, are responsible in large part for their own path and their own progress. And if they're diligent with it, if they, you know, can get game tape to, to agents overseas or they have their own agent who can get that connection, um, you know, that's, that's really where they're going to succeed. 
um, and, and getting themselves some exposure. But, um, there, I mean, there are connections that are available uh, with, with our products in the ABA. Um, I think that the ABA could do a little better on that side of it, personally. Um, but, you know, the ABA, like I said, has doubled in growth in, in the last two years. Uh, in large part, they're trying to catch up to, uh, you know, the number of teams that they have. And uh, we have a lot of faith in the ABA ownership and uh, what they do. So um, I think, well, you know, if we're not there yet, I think we'll get the crazy and that kind of the cool thing about the North Northeast Division. There's been some amazing names. I mean, I like Rock City for Rochester, but the Springfield Sting, not bad. My favorite one is WNY, WNY the Western New York Thunder Snow, because I feel like only Central and Upstate New Yorkers know what Thunder Snow is. Know that there can be a combining of this. People have hurricanes, they have tornadoes, they have monsoons. We have thunder snow. So, I mean, I think the creativity of it, and the New England Outsiders, I think a lot of people would be happy with that that don't like the Patriots. But, you know, when, when you hear of these names and the intricate piece of it, what brought you to the Binghamton Bulldogs? What made sense? I mean, I see the double B, but was was there something behind it that kind of struck you? Was it a logo that you had in your mind? What was the creation of this instead of, you know, likening it to the wonderful weather that we have in central and upstate New York? <laughs> yeah, so that was a couple things. Obviously, the double B played a factor. Um, you know, that, that's a really growing common theme in minor league sports. Um, is, you know, obviously, the Stallions, we have a double S. Uh, the only out of octane shows the double O. So that, that double verbiage, um, you know, was, was a big factor. But what we actually did was we actually picked uh, three names. Um, and we held a fan contest when we, uh, we first uh, bought our franchise and we became an official ABA member. Um, we held an open vote to our fans uh, to name us. And uh, I think we ended up getting like 3,000 votes or something like that. Um, that was obviously good exposure for us to get our name out there to the fan community, to give them some involvement. Um, the Binghamton, so Binghamton High School um, also used to be broken up into two schools. You had Binghamton North and Binghamton Central. And this was like back in the 70s, I want to say early 80s. One of those schools was the Binghamton Bulldogs. Uh, the other was the Binghamton Patriots. The schools merged, and the Binghamton Patriots is what ended up being the mascot after the schools merged. So the Bulldogs name uh, kind of resonates to a certain age group in our community still. And um, I think that's one reason why it won the fan vote by so much and why one, you know, one reason why uh, we've done so well down here with our, with our admissions and our fans and stuff. Um, that, I think that name kind of went a, you know, went a long way for us. So uh, big fan vote for us and obviously have that, that tie to the old Binghamton High School. Um, that's kind of why we landed on it. And so having that connection to the community in that way, just what that's done for you, how the support has been, like you said, when there was this merger of the Binghamton schools and the Patriots name ended up winning out, that this Bulldogs name was kind of lost in in history and you went back and found it and brought it back. Just the importance of that for you to do to bring something back to the community. Obviously, it's nostalgic. Obviously, there's an emotional connection to it. How have the fans responded to it? Yeah, I mean, we and the fans—it's been—it's been unbelievable. It's been a dream down here since you know since we started. Um, there, there was just a huge uh, gravitational pull of, of our fans towards the Bulldogs. Um, you know, we have some we have some really really good players on our team, but most importantly, we have some really really great human beings on our team. Um, you know, we don't have a bad apple in the bunch. We got a bunch of guys who are outstanding members of our community who work professional jobs. 
um, who will, you know, we're obviously very good college players and have recognizable names. Uh, they get back in the community. They do a lot of clinics, a lot of camps uh, for kids in our community. And, um, you know, having, having that Bulldog name on top of it uh, has really just helped everything um, gel together. So, um, you know, having, having obviously uh, a great group of guys that fans, they know, they can relate to, um, you know, we do fan uh, interaction uh, before and after every game uh, for our home games. Um, and the, the community outdoors has just been great. Like I said, we've sold out just about every home game last year. We had a couple of tip-offs that was like minus five degrees out that, you know, we struggled uh, on the fan side a little bit. But outside of those two, um, you know, we sold out the majority of our games. And it's just the interaction has been, has been awesome. I mean, it's been, we've been really lucky as an ownership group. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Syracuse has the potential to do the same. And uh, obviously there's a lot of talented players up there. So uh, if they're winning and they're competing, the fans are going to come. Speaking in here with Jimmy Evans of the Binghamton Bulldogs and also your connection with the Syracuse Stallions, what can you say about this this Syracuse team? I know we brought it up a little bit here, but to have Syracuse, New York, return professional basketball, it's been a very, very, very long time. There was an attempt to do it in the past and within the last you know decade or so. And then here's the Syracuse Stallions. There's a lot of effort that's been put behind this thing, uh, you know, from the logo to setting things up to, to getting in touch with the right people to networking and having good tryouts. They've had a they've had success at the amount of people that have tried out for this team up to this point. Returning professional basketball to Syracuse, just what you could say about how exciting that is, how important that is, and, and why you believe it'll work this time. Uh, well, it's very, it's very exciting, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I think that uh, you know, it takes hard work, man. You, you know, you could buy, you could purchase a franchise, you could pay the franchise fee, but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes along with uh, running a minor league franchise, and you kind of touched on some of those, and you know, getting getting the insurance issues together, getting the logo developed, getting a full website built so you can have fan interaction, uh, getting a, a venue that you can agree. Uh, to host you for an entire year and to agree on dates. Um, you know, I could go on and on and on to, to, to talk about the things that it takes to, to take, you know, make something like this work. And uh, the Syracuse group has done that. You know, they, they've done a lot of hard work, those guys. Uh, Mike, especially being, in, you know, in front of the, you know, kind of kind of leading the, the, the cart uh, on the horse. Um, you know, he, everything, everything that, that they need to do uh, to build a strong foundation has been done. And I, you know, I can't speak on those former ownership groups in Syracuse and why they failed. Um, but I know that, you know, all the hard work that it took to get Binghamton going and making sure that all those things were done correctly. Um, those things have been done so far in Syracuse. And, uh, you know, once, once you have all those things in order, um, you know, once the guys take the court and they start their, their tryouts and, um, I know they're already doing tryouts up there. They they do their, their preseason camp and their training camp, and then that first game comes around. Uh, it kind of brings it all together and, and you know makes all that hard work uh, that you put in worth it. So um, you know they've checked off every every mark so far uh, to do to have the things done that need to be done. They have their venue, their schedule is built. They have their website. They have their logo. Uh, it seems as though that uh, you know they, they're they're right on the ball. So. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I think Syracuse is going to have a, a great team up there for a long, long time. 
And we look at Elmira, that's only 57 minutes away from you, almost a straight line. Just what you can say about that. I mean, when, when I'm heading toward Binghamton, there's El, those Elmira signs. It's it's very close, and obviously they're in this Northeast division and you know can be a rival to you, can be a rival to Syracuse, and so on and so forth. What do you like about this, this connection with Elmira and Binghamton, and what has that done in the recent past? Uh, yeah, they're a good team. Elmira's a good team. They're a solid franchise. Um, you know, they have a nice venue that they host their games at, and they have a good, solid fan base there. Um, you know, they, they, they did not, uh, they were not successful last year on the win side. Um, I think that a lot of that, um, there were a lot of factors that went into that, um, from their end, um, having some, um, player issues and, you know, they had a few little turnover in their roster. They didn't have a lot of cohesion. Um, they have some very, very talented players. They, they get guys from all over the place to play in that team. Um, I mean, they had guys from New Jersey, from Buffalo, from uh, Pittsburgh area that were on the team last year, and uh, very, very talented guys. Um, you know, they're going to be strong this year. They got most of their guys back from what I hear. Still early in the game. Some teams are still uh, waiting to have their tryouts. But, uh, you know, they're a, they're a solid franchise. They're a good opponent for us. Uh, we'll be a good opponent for Syracuse. And, um, you know, obviously, like you said, it's for us 57 miles away. It's, it's great to have them on our schedule uh, every year. And before I let you go, speaking here with Jimmy Evans of the Binghamton Bulldogs, there's, you know, just this, and with all the teams that are around this country, you know, share with everybody how many franchises were there this past season and where you ended up because Binghamton was in the top 10 in the nation. And so I, I love for you to share how many teams are inside of the ABA, were inside of the ABA this past season and the feat that Binghamton accomplished from little old upstate New York becoming a national brand over this past season and what you were able to do. Yeah, it was something else, man. I'll tell you what, it was a, it was a wild ride for us. Um, you know, we, we, we started the year really not knowing what to expect. Uh, we sold out our first game of the year with over like 1,200 people, standing room only, uh, just an unbelievable rocking gym. And from that moment, Right there, everything just kind of took off. You know, we started the year uh, two and two. Actually, we won our we won our first two, and then we went on a road trip on a Saturday, Sunday, second weekend of the year. We lost at Rock City by one in overtime, and then we lost to Reading by two in double overtime. Uh, that put us at two and two in the year, and then we proceeded to win our next sixteen games in a row. So. Uh, by mid-January, we were sitting at 18-2. and two. We were number four in the country out of 116 teams. Last year, the ADA had 116 franchises. Uh, this year, there will be over 140. Um, so it was just, it was amazing for us. You know, we ended up the year 23-3 and three, uh, going into the Elite Eight in Austin, Texas. And uh, you know, I touched on a few of those teams uh, that we were able to compete against in that Elite Eight. It was uh, San Diego Kings, the Jacksonville Giants out of Florida, the Austin Bats out of Austin, Texas, the Baltimore Warriors, Baltimore. Uh, there was a team from South Florida, so the South Florida Gold, which is like the Miami area. Um, you know, some major, major metropolitan cities uh, were playing against some really big-name players that went to some big-name schools. Uh, and then there's Little Old in New York, who most, uh, most of the teams there where Binghamton is located. So, uh, wild ride for us. I don't know if it'll ever be completed in the and just the, the way that uh, everything kind of fell into place. And, um, you know, we just had an amazing group of guys, the talent, the 
down the court. Uh, everything came together really nicely. We ended up ranked seventh in this country out of 116 teams. And uh, it was awesome for us. It was uh, just a tremendous year. I'm excited to get year two going. And so in your first year, seventh out of 116 teams, obviously leaving, uh, leaving leaving this upcoming season with a lot to be desired as you move forward with Jimmy Evans here of the Binghamton Bulldogs. Jimmy, in closing here, the ABA, just what you could say about the product overall. We know that there was the NBA and the ABA, then some of the ABA teams joined joined with the NBA and created what we know now as the NBA and then in the past, after all that happened, the ABA said, you know what, we merged with the NBA, now let's become our own brand again to what we have today. So what can you say about today's ABA? Yeah, it's, it's a very, very exciting brand of basketball. Um, you know, the ABA is uh, very well known for obviously creating a point dunk. Um, so back in the uh, early to mid-70s, um, you know, Dr. J was, High flying throughout the ABA is really the one who kind of kind of glorified, uh, glorified and maybe slammed on the popular you know, popular play in basketball by his uh, you know high flying ability. Um, the ABA also invented the three point line, which a lot of people don't know. The ABA was the first to incorporate the three point line in a professional league. Um, once the NBA and ABA merged, the NBA copied that. Uh, let's say uh, maybe seven or eight years later. Um, but the ABA is very well known for for you know, trying new things and going out on a limb, and uh, they've created a very, very high, fast-paced brand of basketball. Um, you know, there's a few rules in the ABA that are a little different than uh, NBA rules, and uh, what it does is create uh, a really, really fast-paced game. Um, it is it's one of the most exciting brands of basketball that I've ever seen. You know, I, I played at a high level in college. I played overseas for a couple of years. I watched the NBA, um, you know, pretty much every night when it's on TV. And then the ABA game, the style and structure of play uh, will will keep your interest for 48 minutes, and that much uh, I can promise our fans. So, um, you know, get out, check it out, watch the game, uh, bring the family. It's a great family fun environment. Um, you know, it's a it's a well produced game on all levels. Um, I, you know, from talking to Mike, the Stallions are going to have a, a professional PA announcer. Um, they're going to broadcast their games on Facebook Live. With play-by-play announcers, um, so it's uh, it's going to be a professional environment, and uh, I urge everyone that's listening to get out there and catch the game. That coming from Jimmy Evans of the Binghamton Bulldogs with a connection to the Syracuse Stallions inside of the ABA. Jimmy, great to have you for the first time, and I look forward to having you back again soon. All right, Danny, sounds good. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Yep. Bye. That coming from Jimmy Evans one more time. The ABA has found its way inside of Central and Upstate New York. Folks, do not get it twisted. They're all over Central and Upstate New York, so you can't say that there's nothing to do, and you can't say that there's not an inexpensive way to enjoy the sports that I love so much, which is the sport of basketball. There's teams in Oneonta, Elmira, Scranton, Rock City, which is Rochester, Washington of New Jersey, and so on. So obviously Binghamton that we just spoke with. So you have the opportunity in this schedule to see Rochester teams, Elmira teams, Oneonta teams, Binghamton teams, New Jersey teams, Scranton, Pennsylvania teams. This is something I've been waiting for for a really long time. There was attempts to make it happen before, and as Jimmy said, who knows what 
was going on and, and where we stand right now with, with what happened in the past. But the past is the past. The present is the present. The future is what we make it. The Syracuse Stallions are here, and their first season is 2018-19, and they officially start on October 28th, exactly a week from my birthday. Oneonta will play at Syracuse at 6 p.m. All of the home games for the Stallions is are at Manlius Pebble Hill in their gymnasium, and you can now purchase tickets to that October game on SyracuseStallions.com. You can also go to BinghamtonBulldogs.com to get all the information on the top seven team in the nation out of 116 in their first season with Jimmy Evans. We'll take a step aside to wrap things up and get you set for tomorrow in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City. Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315 315- 702-4653 that's 315-702-4653 or contact us through our website lgweddingsandevents.com looking glass events giving you a reason to celebrate the wildcat sports pub in camillus new york is located on 3680 milton avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. So happy to have been in studios with Neymar today. It was great. We had a great opportunity with Neymar. Now we have uh, Zach Bowden in here wearing the Neymar jersey. The World Cup Wednesday takeover happens every Wednesday from here on out during the World Cup from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. So make sure... That you are here with us every Wednesday when Zach comes in the studios and we hang out here. Zach's been doing a great job with CNY Pop Festival. You can buy your tickets now at cnypopfestival.com. If you're a Syracuse fan, if you're a fan of the Flash, Star Wars, the Adams Family, Power Rangers, 
Syracuse basketball, Syracuse football, if you're a fan of local vendors in central and upstate New York, if you're a fan of the food in central and upstate New York, if you're just, uh, you know, somebody in the city that's looking for something to do for 15 to 30 bucks, that's all it's going to cost you. Come out to the CNY Pop Festival. Nothing like it. You create your own experience. We are not the movie. We are the theater. In, in essence, we're allowing you to pick your experience because there's so many different things we're doing. We are a show that stands on its own original and innovative in what we're doing, and that is something special. We didn't want to bring the same old, same old to Central New York. We wanted to give you something new, something different, and something fun, and give you a price point that could get your whole family there. CNY Pop festival.com buy your tickets now vip and discounted general mission are available for a limited time only so make sure you buy those tickets coming up on tomorrow's show we will have as we always do at 9 30 a.m eastern time coaching with class with katie kalinsky who spent seven years under jim Beheim at syracuse with the men's basketball team we will move on from there to our fantasy football power hour which moved from fridays to thursdays and that will continue tomorrow with mike sofka of fan of hall of fame fantasyfootball.com we have already accepted those of you who have emailed us that you are coming back into the league. We are already accepting free applications, free applications to be back in the Fantasy Football Challenge. Sign up today. Do not allow your spot to be taken by somebody else. We opened our signups at the beginning of June, and our drafts are in August, but this is how early we got to do it to make sure that we get everybody in and get you all set up. So two months in advance, you need to apply now. If you were in our league last year, then let us know that you want to come back. If you were not in our league and you want to join this year, then you can get in touch with me. I'll put something up on Facebook and on Twitter, where you can also go to join the World Cup Bracket Challenge through Wake Up Call at Wake Up Call DT on Facebook and on Twitter at Call DT. Join us there. Thank you so much. Johnny, who said he would shave his chest if the Golden State Warriors won Game 4, which they did, will be coming on the show this week to shave his chest. Or pardon me, next week to shave his chest. We're going to do it live on air. I don't really care what he thinks. We will kidnap him, throw him in the back of a van, and make it happen. So he is doing that. He's telling everybody to join Fantasy Football since he's done that. And a shout-out to Johnny, who let us know this morning that he's going to Giovanni's, which is a great partner that we have for Tuxedos and Suits in Central New York, located in North Syracuse, by the old Ponderosa, right by the airport. So make sure you go check him out there on Brewerton Road. With that being said, we will get you ready for tomorrow's show. Katie Kalinske, like I said, coming up, and Mike Sofka. I want to give a special thanks to Jimmy Evans and my guy here sitting to my left, Zach Bowden. Have yourselves a phenomenal day. Enjoy the World Cup. And make sure you fill out your bracket at Wake Up Call DT on Facebook, at Call DT on Twitter. Follow the link there. It is free. Create your bracket just for fun, even if you know nothing. Take a shot in the dark and join us in the Wake Up Call World Cup Bracket Challenge. We'll talk to you all tomorrow morning. God bless you. In the meantime, be good to one another. And if you have allergies like mine, I'm praying to God that we will have some sanity some peace and that this pollen i love flowers but can the pollen just take a little break a little hiatus maybe a little break something that we can do here i've sneezed three times on the show today it is my record over the last 15 years as a broadcaster and i appreciate all of you that said god bless you while i sneezed on live radio have yourselves a phenomenal day we'll talk with you on thursday god bless in the meantime